Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Podcast. I'm Barton, as always. I'm joined by Matthew. Happy New Year. And Nathan. Happy New Year. And it's my birthday. Ooh, oh, yeah. Boy. Completely forgot about it. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you very what, much. What better way to spend it than with us two fools? Exactly. This is the greatest gift of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> what, 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 what have we actually received? Have you received anything? Or is um, it, well, that will coming up later on. Right, I opened all my presents this morning. Um, I got a game that I'm going to be talking about later, so I don't really want to talk about that right now. I got some port, um, a few cards, a bit of money, and uh, my Facebook is absolutely going mad with people telling me happy birthday. So, yeah, it's gone well so far. I've not. Sorry. You, you can get a real happy birthday. Here you go. Happy birthday. Exactly. It means 10 times more than them wannabe Facebook yeah. friends. Yeah. This is the real celebration. Sorry, everybody. It's, not, it's all been a lot. This is what this podcast is. It's just a celebration of Nathan's life. That's all this podcast is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember cutting out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Does someone want to kick us off with the news? Give me some news, boys. You want news? I'll give you some birthday, boys. I'll go first. Yes. Um, right. So uh, there's been a study done. You know, I love my studies um, about um, playing video games while angry makes you a worse player. Apparently. Um, so this I, was, I can attest to that. Yeah. So this many, was published by the Daily Mail, and you'll never guess what game they chose to um, to come to this conclusion. FIFA 19. Hey. Only 19, not even 20. Oh, yeah, not even 20, yeah. Probably skimped on um, getting the game. It's, you can get it for a couple of quid now, so they thought, oh, we'll just choose that one. Um, anyway, the way that they did this um, was they got people to watch certain videos to invoke emotion. Um, so um, some people watched, like, happy videos to make them feel good. Um, other people watched more horrible videos to put them in a bad mood. Yeah, the highlights of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. Um, but yeah, anyway, and then they got them to play five games of FIFA. And it turns out the people that watched the happier videos um, scored more goals and um, had um, more of an approach tendency to getting the ball off of um, people. Um, so, yeah, so all I can say from this is if you're feeling angry, maybe take a breath, switch the game off, relax a bit, and then come back to it because playing angry does not help. Um, so in terms of the study, it was done from, well, with men, um, with ages from 18 to 37. And there was um, just over 240 participants that played. Um, so they played FIFA 19 against the computer uh, on medium difficulty, that's professional. Um, and then they ended up playing five games and then they correlated all the information and then Found out that um, angry playing ain't no good. So, so what we've learned is basically that if we watch puppy videos first mm-hmm. before we play FIFA, yeah, be better. that's it. Yeah, is, is that our tactic? Is that our pre-game puppy game? videos for the win? Yeah, that's the new tactic. Yeah, yeah clearly. We dart to mess around with formations, dart to mess around with custom tactics. Just watch puppy videos. You've heard it here first, everyone. I wonder if that works in real life, in real football matches. My team could do with that at the moment, but that's a different story. Hey, you've got a win. They, they, they must have done, yeah. In the cup. I don't count. Anyway. Look, 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 you got away in the cup. More news. Right. More news. Your next game. More news. <laughs> We're off track. We're off track. 
Uh, uh, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned a study because I've got another study. That I thought you were I thought you were about to mention, but this one's about uh, combining violent video games with aggression. So you know, there's always this thing about oh, video games cause violence for people. Yeah, that's they, it. They always do this. This person played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas once, and then they went on to kill 52 people. It's the game's yeah. fault. So <laughs> yeah. this is a. Uh, I'm just going to read the article because I can't. I don't know, that's pretty male words. Uh, so basically, this was from the Association Association for, for Sci- uh, the Association for Psychological Science. Okay. It's called Violent Video Games and Aggression. The connection is dubious at best. So the corona- coronavirus pandemic put a damper on many traditional summertime activities for kids. So going to pools, camps, youth camps, that kind of thing. Uh, so give more opportunity for children to socialise with friends virtually through online games. Uh, many hours... Obviously, many hours extra screen time uh, as one of the parents. Plus, in 2015, there was a report by the American Psychological Association that linked violent video games with aggressive behaviour in children. Mm. However, a recent reanalysis of these findings, uh, published in the journal Perspectives on Psychological Science, came to a very different conclusion, and it found no clear link between video game violence and aggression in children. Both the 2015 and 2020 studies were meta-analysis know what that means, uh, statistical methods are finding significant patterns in a large group of independent studies. Our new meta-analysis found that the evidence base was not sufficient to make the conclusions outlined in the 2015 report. Uh, blah, 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 blah. We found that violent video games do not appear to be linked to aggression. When Ferguson and his colleagues re-examined the data used in the earlier meta-analysis, they found it did not include most of the existing studies of video games and violence and failed to take quality issues into consideration. Studies that are well-designed, such as those using standardised and well-validated aggression measures, almost never find evidence for negative violent effects. Our new meta-analysis also illustrates the need to focus on well-designed studies when researching the impact of violence media. I'm not going to bother carrying on with that, because to be honest, I don't really understand a lot of that. But all we need to know is that video games and violence do not link. Can we put this stupid thing to bed once and for all? Because I'm sick of this argument. Yeah. Every time there's like a gun shooting in America or someone's running around with a samurai sword, yeah. apparently it's video games that's caused it all. That's it. Like, oh, they played Call of Duty once. Um, yeah. they, they don't take into account that video games is the most, well, the highest grossing in entertainment medium in the world now. Yes. You could have said this for films back in the day. Nobody ever said that. Exactly. This, is, this is the thing, isn't it? You've got so much more violent films and things, and it's just like... I know it's video games because video games are just for children. That's all it is. Yeah, that's it. Or adults in the mum's basement or something. Yeah. yeah. They've been doing this for years, haven't they? Like back in those and forties, it was all about you know, it's films that cause all the problems. And then once we go into like seventies and eighties, we're like, oh, it's the music that's causing them the violence. Yeah, and people like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Games are just the latest target, and I think I think actually um, going on to Nathan's point with video game industry now being pretty much more profitable than you know films and music, and it's um it's it's probably I reckon there's probably a link there. We've been worth so much, you know, to be able to get some out of it. Maybe they're just idiots. Yes, yes they are. But end of that. No mm. more, please. <laughs> Uh, I've got a little bit of news I can uh, can go off. Um, so, not to, I suppose, slow down the, uh, the video game to TV adaptation train. 
There's a rumor, uh, and only a rumor at this moment in time, that uh, Netflix are looking to turn the Elder Scrolls series into a, I suppose, TV series for for themselves. Um, yeah. And so this got... will be like the second Bethesda uh, property after, I think Amazon got Fallout. Yes. I think it was Amazon yeah. got Fallout. Well, so Fallout was confirmed. Uh, and this is only just rumour. But um, I mean, it's interesting to see what they do with this because obviously there's a, there's a lot of history with the with the Elder Scrolls series. Like, where, where would you start? <laughs> I mean, they'd have to pick a character first because there's so much they could do with it as to who they decide to go with for the series. True. That'd be difficult, though, because obviously... Uh, every protagonist in the Elder Scrolls games is you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, I, I well, think there's room to tell some really interesting stories, and, uh, and there's a lot of potential to go really wherever with it. Unless they did something really cool, where you could design your own character, and then click play, and it plays as your character in the um, series. What, is it like some sort of like 3D animation? Well, so everything's filmed live, and then suddenly you're yeah, you'll just put in there. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, actually, it's, it'll be like a that's VR thing. TV, yeah. You can only watch it in VR, so you're actually in the world as mm-hmm. it's recorded. That'd, that'd be cool. quite interesting, actually. That'd be quite an interesting experiment. I mean, um, Netflix have done um, something, sim- not something to that like, level, but did anybody ever watch or play Bandersnatch, that Black Mirror episode that gave I've you heard, like. I've, yeah, I've heard, I've heard yeah, basically, um, using your controller, uh, your remote control for your TV, you can make decisions within the actual TV show. So it'd be good if they do something like that, because I think it'd be like a, a soft entry into the universe for people that aren't really into games. Um, something like that would be really cool, I think. I think it's a big ask for, like, well, non-gamers to get involved in that sort of thing, though. Yeah. But there are a lot of gamers out there now. That's true. They clearly all want Netflix. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> what other properties could they possibly get? They've got Resident Evil, Assassin's Creed, Witcher. Sonic. Possibly Elder Scrolls. Sonic. Yeah, Sonic. <clears throat> um... Crazy Taxi. Get get Crazy Taxi. <laughs> I think that would make like, a GTA, pretty interesting like, game show. Yeah, GTA would like. be pretty good. Yeah. There's so many. Like, what is it? HBO's got Last of Us. Amazon has Fallout, as we were just talking about. I think Amazon's got something else, but I can't recall. I mean, even just outside TV series, movies are starting to blow up. We've got Uncharted. We've got... Um, Solid. Melody Solid. We'll have Sonic 2. Do you think so, there's going to be... Um, well, do you think it's too much, all this? Coming at once, maybe? Well, you could say... Currently, there's too many superhero films. I would say you could argue could that when Marvel that, yeah. came, came along, there was too many. But I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, saying that, yeah, if you if you really like it, and um, then it's fantastic for the people that do. But as a neutral, and you see all this stuff coming out, would you not get a bit of fatigue by all the video game stuff? Maybe, but it depends what they decide to do with it and how different they make it. All the things are available. It's not like it's not like. This True. is it. Like, this is all there is. It's just, yeah. just games now. There's plenty of stuff. It is. It's the age of games. The 20s. 
Okay, so Sony have now officially ended the production of the PS4, apart from one uh, model in Japan, and that's the 500 gig PS4 Slim. So obviously, I, I imagine they're going to utilise the production lab of the PS5 in there, yeah. which is sort of needed, I think. Yeah, definitely. Get get more PS5s pumped out so we can actually buy one. That'd be great. Do you think this is a little a little soon compared to like obviously when like the PS4 came out? Like, how long did the PS3's life still have afterwards? It does seem very short, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems it's really. Normally, they keep it going for at least sure. a couple of years afterwards. They keep produ- producing them. Mm. About a year, I would have, I would have suspected maybe. Obviously, the young gamers coming in who was like, you don't really want to buy the the full on next generation console. You might, for instance, get in this PS4 Slim one. Mm. Mm. I I mean, I think the gamers that were going to want to buy a Pro would have bought bought a Pro already, and then of course they're going to discontinue the old uh, original version. So I think it's probably about right that they're going to keep the Slim 500 in production to try and mop up any of that market that wanted PS4. Um, I imagine because of the way, I don't want to keep mentioning them, but scalpers and all that business has gone on. Mm. I imagine that's why they've had to, I imagine they pulled the plug and made this early decision so they can just try and get more PS5s, I imagine. It's the only <laughs> way I can think about it. I think any normal time, I don't think this would happen so soon. No. Yeah, no, you raise an interesting point there. I mean, it's pretty much the same that Xbox has done because they stopped um, producing the Series X. Um, sorry, the Series X. The Xbox One X <laughs> so, <whoa>. um, <laughs> fairly recently. Um, and I imagine that's so they can focus on Series X because they've got their ecosystem now because they've got the Xbox One One S. Then they've got the um, Series S and then the Series X because that's like their little ecosystem that they're buying into. Well, that people are going to buy into. So, it, it probably makes a little bit more sense on Microsoft's part as well, because you could pick up a Series S cheaper than you can get an Xbox One X. Yeah. And the Series, I think the Series S is still more powerful than the One X, is it? It's, it's roughly. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just a little just... bit more powerful. I think. But obviously, being digital only as well so it's got a better processor but i don't think it can push as many teraflops if people care about that teraflops <laughs> lovely word sticking a little bit with uh with microsoft um i don't know if you guys read about this uh this this weird story about um the partnership between microsoft and duracell Oh yes, yes, I heard this. The battery manufacturer. Yeah, so so they've got they've got a partnership together, right? So you know Microsoft sponsors Duracell, and I suppose vice versa. Um, but I, I don't know who picked up on this or who reports this or or I, I don't know how it got around. But um, at some point, someone reported that like the reason why Microsoft's um, controllers like the the series x controllers now still have you know the double a batteries in the back they were trying to like say they're like oh this must be the reason why they still have that choice because obviously you know um ps4 and ps5's controllers are rechargeable now there's no batteries in them there's none for uh nintendo stuff and someone tried to like link that partnership to the reason why microsoft still has that 
option available. Mm-hmm. And like a spokesperson had to come out and said, no, no, that's, that's not it. We're not forced to uh, to keep the double A stuff uh, in our controllers. We just do that because we've done studies and you know our consumers still, you know, a fair chunk still use double A batteries. Yeah, because they still have got to. Still yeah. have the battery packs as well. So. Yeah, so there's a battery pack as well as an you know an option if you want just a rechargeable pack. But we do this so our our you know consumers have choices, you know, and, it's, and they can be flexible on how they want to use it. It was just weird how like somehow someone tried to link this partnership to like oh that that's why they still got them. Dad, it's Duracell's fault. It's like Please, what? Even if, even if that was true, would anybody actually care? Well, that's it. It's not going to yes, yeah. move the needle at all, knowing that that's why it's being done. The the thing is, that's the way it is, and that's it. It's, it's not that this is going to change anything. Yeah. I mean, we, like, it's funny because I was reading some comments on, on the article on Eurogamer, and there's, there's a good fair amount of people I thought actually prefer AA batteries just because they last longer than charging yeah. the chargeable pack, which is a, you know, it's a valid uh a valid point against rechargeable packs like like my ps4 controller i think runs out after about six maybe seven seven hours of use now uh, and i'm always out there on charge so i just, it just seemed weird where this <laughs> report came from <laughs> people like to make uh, something out of nothing yeah, just, yeah. someone's just yeah. making news out of nothing it must mean like a slow day or something They'll, they'll link it to the flat earth theory and stuff next. <laughs> Everything's all linked. It's all a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> the lizard people. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Queen lizard. Elizabeth is the reason why <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. Xbox also, still needs to put batteries in the controllers. Also, other battery manufacturers are available. Okay, so Metacritic released their high scoring rate, uh, high sc- High scoring games of last year. That's that's the term. Sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so they show the the top three from each platform. Do you know what the highest rating game of all was? Of all time, forever. No, no, no for for last year. But for last year. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go for the Last of Us Part Two. No, it wasn't. Hades. Nope. Oh wow. Both of them feature in this. It wasn't the top, those weren't the top. The highest rated. Should I just tell you? Yep, just tell us. Uh, the highest on the so this was for the PlayStation. It was Persona Five Royal. Oh wow! She got ninety five. Mm. It's the highest of last year. Fair enough. Fair so enough. the other ones on PlayStation. So this is top three of each platform. So the second on that was Last of Us Part Two for ninety three, and then third was Dragon Quest Eleven S. Is that right? Echoes of an Elusive Age. Yes. And that got 93 as well. Wow. And then Xbox, number one for Xbox was Dragon Quest XI, best Echoes yeah. of an Elusive Age. That got 91. Uh, the second, well, this this scored the same, but it's marked as second. And that was F1 2020. Oh, wow. Xbox was second with 91. Fair enough. Must be good uh, game, I know the F1 games are bred. Pretty, uh, pretty high. Yeah, this last one, I, I've, I've got this this one, but I've not really done much. Well, I, I started playing it and then it crashed, so then it, mm. oh, oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to start season again because I didn't even get into the first race. <laughs> uh, and then third on the Xbox was Obi and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Which got 90. Uh, first for the Switch was Hades, which mm-hmm. got 93. 
Uh, second was Only the Will of Wisps, which, which also got an I3. And then third was, can you guess? Ooh, um, um, oh, the biggest Switch game last year, maybe. The biggest Switch game? Oh, I know. Was it with Animal Crossing? Yeah. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing yeah. I, I was thinking... Um, I was I was thinking Paper Mario and the Origami King for some reason I don't know why but I had Hyrule Warriors but I quite like the uh, the PC one so the top PC one ninety three Half Life Alex ah no I can see that yeah I can see that second with ninety three as well was it Hades as you just mentioned and third do you know what third was Among Us I'm I'm really pleased with this one third. Microsoft Flight Simulator Yes, ah. I see what. <laughs> I, I'm, des- I'm desperate to play that game. So yeah, that's the, the top-rated games apparently according to Metacritic of last year. Not bad, not bad list. Nah, so, I, I, I want to see them reveal the user score ones because that'll be more interesting. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last I'd, like worst, anyway, I'd like to look at the worst ones. I should have done that. Um, so, well, still keeping on like the TV hype because we can never get through a podcast without talking about a new game and movie or TV series. Or spiders. Um, or spiders. Um, so, so Sony are reportedly developing a God of War movie or TV show. So not there's there's not much information. <laughs> Good one. Uh, there's not much information about it as yet because we're not quite sure whether it's going to be a, a movie or a or a TV show um, or whether it's going to be live action or animated. Did you say Sony? Sony. Sony. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So um, it's it's basically come out that um, shortly we should be receiving information about what this is going to be. But basically, after all the hype of the 2018 game that came out, it's something that they've been looking to do. Um, They were looking at one point when God of War first came out for the PS2 to do a film around around then. And um, they thought Jason Statham might have been like the best person to play (laughs) to play Kratos. No. (laughs) Imagine him with Kratos voice. No, please no. I mean I like Jason Statham, but no, not Kratos, no. Yeah. So um it in my eyes, it really depends on what it, what this is going to be. Because if it's going to be like a, a 3D animated thing, I'd want them to bring Christopher Judge back. Um, he does the voice of Kratos in the video game. So it'd be a really nice continuation um, if, if they brought him back. Um, but if it was going to be live action, um, a lot of people are saying Jason Momoa, and, you know, if I've pronounced oh, Aquaman. 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 Yeah. Um, as, would, who would you guys want? I'm thinking maybe Vin Diesel. <laughs> no. He's into the game. Oh, no, he's doing arc, isn't he? Oh, he's got it. time in between no, doing 50 Fast and Furious films. Who would you want as uh, Kratos? Oh, it's going to be The Rock, in it. He's the only person that I can think who actually has the body. The body like, type, yeah. The body type for him. Like, no one else comes close. I don't think anyone else would even like be able to get close enough to, like, how the rocks built himself is ridiculous. Um, I don't know. See, I've, I've see, I've still not played God of War, so I can't really say much on like who I'd want. Um, I don't know who else could. Possibly I can't. Be. I can't. Um, Dave Batista. Well, that's a shout. That's a shout. I see. We we're just going through wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Triple H. <laughs> Big Show. 
the, the Kratos in between um, God of War 3 and the new God of War that's just let himself go a bit. <laughs> that would that would be a bad one for like maybe like an enemy type having like Braun Strowman as like some sort of enemy because he's a massive dude and he's absolutely ripped. It'd make for an interesting like enemy if if anyone it's, like it's looks like. Yeah, on the blood to us. <laughs> yeah, it's all up here, all the ideas. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for it, regardless of what they decide to do with it. If they um if they make it in the same vein as the um the latest video game, I'm 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 so up for it. If if it's a film, I'll go and watch it. If it's a series, I'll I'll give it a go because I just enjoyed the the characters so much. Um, I mean. In the early um, God of War games, it's just Kratos basically killing Greek gods. But the, in the in the latest game, they just they just made him a lot more relatable and likable because he was a lot more human in his tendencies, and he didn't have it all figured out. And we just a dad trying his best. Oh, get a bit emotional. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, just. Um, I can't wait for the game that they're going to bring out, and um, if if this does come out and whatever it decides to be, can't wait for that either. No, it should be interesting. I think. Look forward to it. Mm. Uh, sad news. Um, seven-time Tetris World Champion Jonas Neubauer uh, passed away mm. at the age of thirty-nine. Yeah. Uh, oh, I saw this. Yeah. He won the very first classic Tetris World Championship in twenty ten, and went on to compete in the following eight finals straight. Uh, winning all of them, apart from 2014 and 2018. Uh, he was widely regarded as a humble and kind ambassador for the game, and regularly uh, twitched uh, streamed the game to his loyal fans. And of course, we offer our condolences to his family, friends and fans. So, yeah, definitely. Sad, sad loss in the, that world. Of yeah. So that was um, posted on his Twitter account on the 4th of January, sadly. Um, I'd, I ended up watching um, a few of his tournament games and it just blew me away what mastery he had over the game. It's like just the speed that he could do it at and just how quickly he could get like Tetrises. And it just honestly, it was just fantastic to watch. I sat there for a good 10 minutes just watching him play it. Uh, it was just addictive because he was just so good at it. And I, I just thought to myself, like literally within two minutes, I'd be done. And he's just there with a clear <laughs> board, just smashing whoever he's against. Yeah, it's fantastic. And Again, um, condolences to his family. Um, it's a big Nine loss for the finals. Why? Yeah, that's insane. Mm. Don't know many, many, even professional teams of sports that get into nine straight finals. Mm. Any news? Yeah, I've got uh, one more bit. Um, CEX are going to be open over the lockdown period, so I'm not telling you to. But if you need to click and collect any games. They are there for you. That's bad <laughs> advice, sir. Yeah, yeah we are in a wear lockdown. a mask. <laughs> yeah, honestly, wear a, wear a mask. In my in my opinion, I I don't understand how the hell they've managed to stay open. Probably because their owners are not very nice people, to put it. Yeah, but should have they fortunately been forced? It should it should be down to the well, they're a franchise, so it should be down to the franchise owners to close them down. But I always thought it was. Uh, the only shops that are meant to be open are those that are for essential uh, purchases. Yeah, that's it. Like medicine, food, um, even the gyms aren't staying open, are they? So, I mean, yeah, I know I, I, I don't essential, understand. but I don't think that's a, an excuse <laughs> not, for not, not, 
Not the price of this CX is selling them at. Well, no, that's fine. Uh, not pay six hundred eighty-five pounds for one. Or uh, so no, actually, sorry, it's eight hundred fifteen. Say that gaming has become massively important over the last year. Well, uh, I think we've spoken about a few studies in the past about what goodness it does for your mental health. But I still um, have this should be open. Yes, definitely. It still should not be open. Just, no. It's been very helpful. <laughs> CX online, use it. How do you say it? Everyone's online. Like, why Why are they open? That's just so strange. Yeah, so they're just open for click and collect. And um, you can get delivery for one ninety five. Why risk it? This, this I mean, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I was I was saying, I mean, like, I hope they've taken like all the precautions that they can for people that don't have come in. You know, the distance, maybe the plexiglass, hmm. my an idea, but I hope they've taken all the precautions that they shouldn't have had to take. Sorry, go I was on. Just, I was just going to mention this reminded me of something else that I saw actually briefly. But, um, you know how a few podcasts ago we mentioned about the Sega arcades, yeah, having uh, to close and all. Oh that. yeah, I saw a, a picture on Reddit where there was a um, in Akihabara in Japan, there was one of their one of the arcades that was closing after 17 years, and all the staff lined up outside and bowed to all the like their loyal fans, the loyal customers. It was just quite a moving picture, actually. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, so they all just gathered outside, and <laughs> there was a lot of photographers there as well, and it was like a big thing. So, they just doing it for the PR. Well, no, because they're closing. So. <laughs> How much PR going on a good there? Good PR towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It was nice, but, but sad to see that. Yeah. Right, well, I've got a couple more uh, pieces of news that I've got. Um, so, Epic Games, that uh, plucky underdog in their fight against Apple, uh, <laughs> decided they wanted, uh, they're going to be moving into a new headquarters. Um, and it's not so, so, so much of a new building as much as they've bought out a well a fairly empty now um shopping mall okay right okay uh as their as their new headquarters uh apparently apparently shopping mall is called and it's carry town center and epic in 2024 are going to be moving into their new headquarters and it's apparently it's Fortnite, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's 980,000 square foot long <laughs> Why a gaming company needs such a large space, I, I don't know. I, but the money around. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to see what they do with it. Like, I could, I could imagine. I, imagine all I think. I think they're going to kit it out, and it'll be the most fun place possible. Yeah. Like the old escalator oh, yeah, no, turn it'll... into slides. Um, they'll just have like. That's it. Full-size so, football pitches. Go-karts. Um, go-karts everywhere. They'll have like, a... Um... There'll be a ring shortening around it, so everyone has to get to one bar. <laughs> That's it. Um, they'll have a scale model of the Fortnite island. Um, oh, yeah. They could do so much with it. Everybody's running around in Gears of War armour. Oh, you can't do that. That's Microsoft now. Epic. Is it? Yeah, Epic I was known to do with uh, Gears of War now. So... Oh. The coalition, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They made a whole new studio just for Gears of War. So unfortunately, Gears. Well, Gears can have their, I suppose, Gears one to three stuff maybe. Yeah. Um, it just seems ridiculous. Like I've, I've seen some like um, 
I suppose like MTV crib style uh, lookings to like other studios and stuff like the one in oh who's it Dice I've seen the one in Dice so the one in, uh, I think they're in Stockholm I think could be wrong but those look pretty cool because um, mm. so they've got like almost like an entire apartment where it's just, like every floor is just a new thing <laughs> um, but a whole shopping mall I mean if they got it for a good price then fantastic they don't have to use all the space do they and it's there if they want to expand it all. Uh, true. I mean, it has been. I think. I don't know if it's been abandoned, but I think they did stop using the shopping mall, whoever had it previously. So obviously, it's going to go to good use for uh, for Epic and stuff. But just seemed mental when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So not to be outdone by. Uh, some some publish some publishers who went a bit acquisition crazy. Uh, Nintendo have decided to buy a developer themselves. Interestingly enough, but Ooh. it's not it's not quite third party developer. It's more of a second party developer. Um, they ended up buying developers um, Next Level Games, mm-hmm. uh, who have made um, various Nintendo games in their lifetime. Uh, some to name a few, Mario, Super Mario Strikers, um, Punch-Out on the Wii, uh, Metroid Prime, Federation Force, which got lovely reviews. Um, it's crap, that game. <laughs> uh, as well as Luigi Manch- Luigi's Mansion 2 and 3. Yeah, they're good um, games to, so balance out, um, to balance out the rubbish. Mario Strikers and um, the Metroid game, yeah. Well, Mario Strikers was pretty decent. I hate it. That's because you're rubbish. Uh, Probably true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so just uh, just some more news on developers getting bought out. But I think with Next Level Games, I read that they did have like a second party partnership with Nintendo anyway. So they were already kind of making first party games for Nintendo anyway. So uh, interesting that they they bought them. I think I think a lot of people probably saw it coming. So uh, yeah. Not, not to get out done, I suppose, for Nintendo. And then the only other th- the big news um, that I read yesterday uh, was that, according to the Entertainment Retails Association, uh, the UK games market had exceeded four billion last year, and that's the first time it's exceeded four billion. So not surprising. Yeah, the uh, the game video games industry is burning as bright as ever through. Terrible times. Yeah, this is probably the perfect time for it, wasn't it? I mean, everyone went nuts about Animal Crossing. Everyone's just had a lot more free time to uh, divulge themselves into video games. So, yes, uh, it's pretty big news and just keeps on keeps getting bigger and bigger, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it keeps year. the video games industry keep on getting bigger and uh, among everyone else that seems to be falling at the moment. So, so in conclusion. Gaming, great. <laughs> Gaming is good. Um, shall we have a question? Yeah, yeah, we can have a question. So the question is, what is your 2021 gaming resolution? Go on, Matt. <laughs> You've done this on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I've got one, but it seems to be my resolution pretty much every year when it comes to video games. Ah, oh, well, this is the year where you'll do it. We shall push um, it. Yeah, I'm sure. Point uh, it out there to the world. 
Um, we'll keep, we'll we'll keep asking you the pod every time. Just keep, just keep, every year we'll get a comeback. I'll say you'll be accountable. Every two weeks, we'll ask you if you're doing it. That's it. What, what's your money? Are you keeping to your monthly resolution? <laughs> <laughs> I've already got one, and it's simply whenever I start any any game, particularly the single player campaigns, finish the thing. Finish, <laughs> the finish the games. Don't just waddle off right, okay. about three hours later and don't go back to it. <laughs> I'm I'm really bad for this, um, especially especially before 2020. Uh, I would be in the habit of like, oh, new games, I'll get them. And if it's like two that come out the same week that likes, like I get both. <laughs> and then I play one of them, and I'll be like, if it. I think for me is if it doesn't grab me within like my first kind of play session of it, I mm. will tend to kind of drift away. So I'm really bad with like I don't know. Um, probably my, my worst one that I've done on is Death Stranding. Like I, I, I know it's a Kojima game. I know I'm gonna like it, but I think just that first bit until you get to chapter three is a bit of a slog. Yes. And I think that's what slightly put me off. That I know in my head. After chapter three, everything opens up and it gets much better. But it's trying to remind myself that that's that's a thing, and the game isn't just what the previous three hours was or something like that. Um, but there's there's a lot that that started that I didn't that I didn't um, continue to finish, and uh, I think I need to make a list and start going through them this year. I think and actually devote myself to actually completing. Single player games for once. I think at the moment it's probably the best time to be able to do that because we've not been able to get the next generation of consoles, so yeah, time to get all those other ones out. Not true. Just unfortunately that I have to work from home. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd lo- love all that freedom. But yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's my re- my resolution for this year: start completing games. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mark? I'll go back to you. Okay, well, I, I've actually got three. Three? Wow. So, the one that I sort of kind of started late last year. Well, I'm going to be able to achieve this. I mean, Getting good the, obvi- the obvious one was to, <laughs> to go through all my backlog, but it's just like, that's still not going to take this year. <laughs> I've had a backlog since 1990 when I was born. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to be a bit more realistic. So, I've tried... I want to try and complete, play and complete at least one open world game a month. Okay. Now, whether well, that's realistic, it might have to be, it might end up between two months. I don't know. Because I've, 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 I've realised I've got quite a few open world games to play. And I really want to get through, because obviously they're going to take up a lot of time. And I don't, I'm, unlike you, I don't like, unlike you, I don't like starting a game and then not finishing it. I refuse to play anything else until I've completed that game. See, I I need that mindset. It, it depends. It it for me, if if the game grasps me, or if it's a game that I've been absolutely looking forward to, like, and it comes out, then I, I can stay with it. Like, you know, I've done that with Last of Us Part Two. I've done that with Final Fantasy VII Remake. I did that with Resident Evil Three. I've done it with quite a few games. It's just it's if it's if I bought it and because and I'm not looking forward to it, but all of like I've looked forward to it, but it's been a while, and I come to it. I think that's where my problem is, but open world games is a chore. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's, it's not a case of like just having only one game on the go. 
games. If I just did open world games after open world games, it'd be Yeah, so I, yeah. I am I am able to have an open world game and then I'll play a small game, maybe a narrative driven game at the same time. Yeah, just to break the story, just to bring. Unlike you two, I'm the total opposite. If I don't get grasped by a game within about an hour, I will just put it down. You sell it. I'll quit and sell it. It's CEX. Yeah, yeah. How dare you? There's not (laughs) right. You only get one life, and I don't want to live my life playing crap games. You died twice in Resident Evil. That's a fair point. You gave at least two goals. <laughs> so I don't want to just put, pump 20 hours in when I could play one hour, realise it's not for me, get my money back, pretty much, and then move on to something that I'll really enjoy with my time. Fair enough. You, you, you know what? I bet CEX has got like a shelf dedicated to Nathan. Like, <laughs> he's the game's yeah, return. I'd probably <laughs> oh, say... another one on the Nathan shelf. <laughs> oh, he's back again. Better get ready. Put that back on the Nathan shelf. You should see some of the receipts I get from him. They're like this long. <laughs> <laughs> just full of stuff that I trade back. My second <laughs> resolution, after they co- trying to complete one open world game a month, it's probably going to be unlikely. But anyway. So number two uh, is try and play more Steam games. I seem, I, I feel like I've start, I've been neglecting PC hmm. quite often. I get like an email from Steam saying, "Oh, such and such is on sale. All the things that you wish list are on sale." Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> yeah, that's Every, it. Everything and they got about a thousand games that you list yeah. that you just never get around to. And they just throw all in there. And then obviously I just I just I just don't really go on the PC, I just stay on the console. It's just <laughs> like and I know there's a lot of great games that I bought, but it's just like I just I just never do because I'm always on the console for all the other big massive open world games, etc. My third and final is actually dependent on both of you as well. Because it's to try and play a more varied selection of games with both of you on when we play online. Because I feel we only play about three games. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Is this at least four? Red Dead. That's what we play. What would you say? What about Fall Guys? We've not played Fall Guys in ages. And then there's that bomb bomb disposal expert. I'm talking about about, proper games. Borderlands. Ah, right. Things we can proper get into. Yeah. We, we only seem to play these like short burst games, like a game of FIFA, a game mm. of Call of Duty, a game of Fall Guys, a game of Rocket League. We never get anything substantial, like a big game. Right, I'm we want a big, right we'll I'm, find a big meter game that we can all play. Yeah, and well, then I'd be we'll get... to play Borderlands 3. I've got all three of them. <laughs> I don't even touch any of them. I've got Borderlands 3 um, for the PS4, um, and I've got the collection that they brought out on PS Plus a few months ago. That's a collection. So I've got Borderlands the Game of Year edition, and the two you just mentioned. I yeah. only have the I have the Game of the Year edition and the Handsome Collection. I don't have three yet. Well, we can have a conversation. Dig into one of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, the, the only thing we all have in common is Handsome. <laughs> but there's other games as well. Obviously, we could play. But yeah, that's that's my resolutions. We'll see how successful they go. Uh, go on, Nate. So mine. Um, I've got two. Um, so the first one would be to play every game that I spend money on. So every game that I buy is to play it. Because it, it, this goes into the backlog a little bit. So I'll buy a game that I think sounds absolutely great. And I'll just put it on my shelf and it'll just sit there. So I bought Rayman Legends about six years ago and it's still in the cellophane. Um, so I've told myself this year, every game that I purchase or get as a gift or something, then I am definitely going to play that game. 
So I'm not. Sounds yeah. like a lot of games. <laughs> I, I don't have to go through the backlog. It's just anything new, and then I can just go through the backlog as and when I can. Um, but and I think that might block me off potentially buying more games because I'll know that right. You can't just put this one on the shelf now. You've got to definitely put some time into it. Is this playing these games to completion? Or no, no, just, just, just play them. Actually, just play like an hour and then swap it back to the <laughs> Get it back to the <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, Here's another one on the shelf. <laughs> I also use eBay as well, but yeah, that's, that's another thing. Um, yeah, but just to, just to play them, because sometimes I'll buy a game and I'll be honest, I'll sit down after I finish work and FIFA 21 will be in. I'll be like, oh, I'll just have a couple of games of FIFA. And then three games later, I'll feel really bad because I think, oh, I've got this potentially amazing game sitting on the side, but I just want to continue my career with Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> but um, that's um, a few years ago, actually, I decided to get rid of FIFA mid-season. Um, because I realised it was just taking way too much of my time up because it's just so easy. You just go on and have a game, but it's never just one, is it? Um, and it and I did, I realised myself that it was just taking way too much of my time. Um, so I needed to physically get it away from me because it was eating up that much of my time and I, re- I didn't like it. Um, so I might... put parental lock on it or something. <laughs> you timed or something. I should, time I, should, um, I should get one of them. Have you seen them cookie jars that you can lock things in um, <laughs> yeah. with a timer? Um, I should get one of them and put FIFA in there. Uh, and then I'll, I'll be able to go and play other games because I won't be pulled in by uh, my career mode. But that's yeah, what, so. I want to see our next gen consoles locks. Yeah, so lock games. Yeah. That'd be useful. Yeah. That'd be pretty good, yeah. Like set an eight hour timer on it so that you can't well, play like that. One hour Call of Duty a day. I feel like you could do that with currently can't you, you can like you can limit a, like a set play time for kids or something oh yeah. but i'm talking about like individual games oh individual games yeah no i, I don't think you do it for individual games but yeah i, I well maybe maybe the real one should be more self-control um but anyway i'm going off on a tangent here um so yeah the first one for me is to play every game that i buy um to at least see what it's like um the next one is to it, well it goes on a little bit but um try and play every ps plus game that is available to me so yeah. i don't know about you guys but i i add them to the basket and buy them every single month just so that they sat there but it's rare that i ever dig into them and actually play them so i forget what's there um i know when we did the last top of the pod um on the ps4 best game in the ps4 um well, the best exclusive on the PS4. Um, we talked about Until Dawn, and I didn't know until a couple of days ago it was actually on PS Plus, and I've got it ready to download. Um, so I've got that downloading. Um, it's just things like that that I might I might miss because I'll just keep them there and not really look at them. So maybe every month I'll download the couple of games that are there if I've not already played them and just give them a go, see how they are. Mm. My nights is when I like I buy these games digitally, mm. and then obviously just never get around to playing them because of the backlog message. And then suddenly those games end up on PS on sale. Plus. Like, PS I could have just, just waited. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because I never actually played it for PS Plus. So that's an annoyance. Yeah, but that that they're my couple. Um, so yeah, play more games basically. That's the, that's a resolution. You can play more games. What are we currently playing? Uh. 
Me again. Have you played have you played any games? Uh I've played the one game. <laughs> yes, you have played the one game, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. Every time I've played PS4. Guys, yes. It's uh, just this game. Well, well you know, t- when when t- this t- game t- comes around every year, it's uh mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's usually like a couple couple months addiction to it before I put it down <laughs> and say there's probably a terrible one in the franchise. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, yeah, all I've really been doing is playing uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, mm. But I've been playing, you know, a good amount of different modes in it and not just the one mod. Um, so uh, I I have finished the campaign. I don't know if I said in the last podcast if I, I think I might start it or something like that, but um, I've gone through it all, um, and without spoiling um, the story uh, or any sort of elements within, within the campaign, um, I will say that it is a very typical Black Ops campaign, if you know what that kind of means. Is that good or bad? <laughs> It depends on if you like the Black Ops campaigns. Uh, not particular, I don't think. Not particular. Not fun by it. I didn't like the last one. Well, what is I don't think one? anyone liked Three. the last one. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll put this on par between like one and two, where like there's certain twists uh, that happen the there. The numbers, Mason. The numbers. Um, that's actually quite a little cool. Easter egg in the game. Nothing to do with the story, just a little call, call back to it. Uh, that happens in one of the missions, so that's kind of fun, actually. But I, I quite, I quite, I did enjoy this one. Um, it's like they've tried to be a bit, a little bit more serious. So you know, like how like Modern Warfare, uh, the rebooted one. Um, I thought it was quite a good, good campaign. I thought um, some of the missions were quite cool, like the, the, room in the house in. In dark and do the whole night vision thing. Thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was. That, that, that was a really. That was, that was really like good. a standout mission. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a standout mission. I was blown away by that when I, when I came across that. Yeah, no, that was. It was handled really well as well. So, um, I don't, I don't think Cold War has anything quite that on its on the same level, but it's quite consistent throughout. Like all the all the missions seem to be. Decent to good, rather than having just one back mission. So outside the campaign, want to finish that. Um, doing quite a bit in the multiplayer as well. Um, I just finished. So they've they've added like a couple of new weapons. Um, sort of mid season, but rather than getting them within the battle pass, which I've completed, you have to do some uh, objectives to get them. So like they've added this new shotgun called the striker, where I think you have to you have to get three kills without dying. You have to get like a free kill streak basically. Um, I don't know if it's 15 times or if it's in 15 different matches. It's one of those. Um, I've not quite started that one yet. I've actually just finished the one for um, the sledgehammer melee weapon. Um, but to get that one, you have to get two quick kills with the knife in 15 different matches and that was a hellish time <laughs> uh my kill death ratio suffered a lot because <laughs> i was just running around with a knife 
just trying to trying trying to like flank uh, the opposition team just so I could try and find two people standing together, probably sniping like mm. idiots um, as they do. Um, but a lot of it was really hard. Um, and the only map that I actually found that I could sort of get away with getting two quick kills um, quite successfully was on Nuketown. Because uh, Nuketown is like... <sighs> Nuketown is to Black Ops what like Shipment is for any Infinity War. Uh, is it Infinity War? No. Slide you on. No, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't They all blur into one. Yeah. Well, Infinity Games and then Sledgehammer did it with World War Two as well. They brought Shimon in. Um, Best level ever. It's not. <laughs> yes, mate. I'm just sick of dying. Um, I, just, I, just, I just love the crazy mess that it is. Well, I will really say, mo- I, I think somehow Modern Warfare 2019 made Shipman even worse. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if you if you played Modern Warfare's version of it. Um, I've seen it being played. I think they, I think they did some redesigns, didn't they, where they left bits open, which nobody. Yeah. So like. Some like that. Yeah. So like classic shipment, you'd have kind of your four cores, um, and then like the I suppose like the cross in the middle of the map just open, um, to like run in. You know, you've got your little hidey spots and whatnot you got certain um containers they go into that you can like camp in um because you're a waste of space um <laughs> um but then like each core and so the we'll say, say like the north and south cores that meet up um would have like uh some sort of shipment that is kind of closes off between them so you have to kind of like go around yeah. And have you fight there? So Modern Warfare's version, they had those opened up. So like essentially now the whole map is kind of open, other than the like they'd closed off the west and the east shipments. So they'd slightly changed changed it around, but it was just so confusing. <laughs> like why have you done this? Why can't you just keep it? And then they added verticality to it as well because some shipments on top oh, yeah. you on top yeah. as well. Just like. Mm-hmm. Campers up there, I imagine. Lovely mm-hmm. campers, just frog grenading is great. Oh, Semtex. Um, went off a tangent. Yeah, so Nuketown was like the best <laughs> map that I could get my like, my double kills with knife quickly. So I'm a lot of sledgehammer. Um, not used it yet, but I really want to use it in the other mode that I've played mostly in Black Ops, which is the zombies mode. Um, just because I love my zombies and. I don't know what it is about this map that I that I really enjoy. I think it's it's the first it's the first zombies map where I've been able to complete the Easter egg solo, like by myself, because it's mm. it's like the least complicated Easter egg in the history of zombies. And I don't know why they've made it like that, but I've enjoyed it because of that. Because now I can complete it. <laughs> I don't feel like an idiot for some of the other objectives you gotta do. Like I don't know throw an axe into a dragon's mouth or something. I don't know. <laughs> they could get that complicated. But I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I can, I can I can survive for quite a long time as well. Because it's like the first call, it's the first zombies mode where you can pick up all perks and not be limited to just four. 
so you can run around doing that. And then I like I like the tier system they've got for the weapons. Where so you'd start off, you start off with a loadout. You can have whatever loadout you want, what weapon you want, uh, skills, whatever. Um, but you start off weapons like a tier one, so it's like a common tier. And then you can pick up certain weapons off walls, which could be common, could be rare. Um, and then you've got this uh, mystery box that you spin for like so many points, and you can end up getting um, higher rated weapons. And the more high rated, the more the higher their base damage is without being upgraded or what they call packer punched. Um, and you can upgrade that a couple of times as well. So it is it's quite. It's got a good amount of depth um, within the mode, which I, I quite enjoy. Um, I spend way too much time on. <laughs> go on then, Nathan. I've, I've talked for too long. It's your turn. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll uh, I'll go through a few couple of mine. Um, so um, the first game that I've been playing is called Kingdom Come Deliverance. So um, this, this is. is- <laughs> this is a game um, set in the times of the Holy Roman Empire, so there's quite a lot of infighting. <laughs> and um, you play as a uh, the son of a blacksmith called Henry. And uh, when the game starts, you wake up a bit late, a bit hungover, and um, you've got to go and help your dad because you've got to make this sword um, for this um, this kind of guy that's royalty, pretty much. Um, So your dad sends you into town. Um, You've got to get some money uh, from somebody who owes him. Then you've got to use that money to get some um, coal for the fire to forge the sword. And then you've got to get like the sword handle from the castle. So there's a few tasks. So the first bit of the task was me trying to convince this drunkard to give me the money that he owes my dad. Anyway, Mm. um, I end up getting beaten up by this drunkard. Not getting the money. I end up going back to my dad with my tail between my legs. Uh, ask him, say, oh, I'm sorry, I got beat up. He's not going to give us the money. And basically, he gives me enough so I can go and get the coal. Get the coal, get the handle. Um, in between that, um, I have a little session with this sword master. Um, so he teaches me how to um, use a sword. And um, what happens is we make the sword... Um, for this guy and in between that happening our town gets attacked um my parents get killed and i run away on this horse as all my family and my girlfriend scream in the background and i just leave them with the sword well, very noble uh, of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway i uh, i managed to eventually get to this um safe place uh, it's like this built-up castle um that's not been raided yet um and um anyway i, I finished this cutscene, and after the cutscene, this happens i don't know if you can see this but they've not got any heads <laughs> okay so all right so the game gets glitched so nobody has any faces or heads the cutscenes are still playing out as normal <laughs> what platforms and, it? Uh, this was on xbox one um wow. and uh, i get well i get into the kitchen because they want to get me some food because i'm starving after my long journey and um 
at that point, the game crashes and it restarts. And then eventually they've got faces again. So like, oh, great. I, and, but I had to replay some of it because it crashed. Um, anyway, at this, at this time, uh, my parents are dead. I'm trying to get back to my old town that's been raided. Um, and I'm trying to find some um, like guard's armor to try and sneak out of where I am now to go and bury my mum and dad. So that's where I am at the minute. So I'm not too far into the game. Um, but yeah, it's all gone a bit peaked on. Um, but it's, it's uh, well, when I, um, when I were playing it and uh, my wife were watching me, she's like, oh, what's this, a crap version of Skyrim? <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Brutal. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's, it's quite good. I know that game is supposed to be like notoriously difficult. Like it's supposed to be ultra realistic. Yeah. yeah. Like I've heard about that. you have to keep on top of like hunger and food. Yeah, and yeah, that's so you've got to yeah, you've got to make sure you um eat enough food, um drink, sleep, sleep enough. Well. Yeah, that's it. So there is that you side of it as well. Diseases, probably, like that, mm. Yeah, I'm it's not like, gonna it's like eat... playing uh it's like playing Oblivion on like realistic or something. <laughs> yeah, so when you get uh, when you get shot with an arrow, um you start bleeding and you've got to patch up the blood, otherwise you'll die eventually. It's stuff like that that you've got to try and keep on top of. Because um, when I was running away from um, the town being raided, I got shot with a few arrows. But and look, there's no fast travel, is there? I don't think. Not that I found so far. No, you've got to travel everywhere, yeah. But um, the horse has got pretty good stamina. More stamina than Maxwell has on um, Red Dead 2, so that's good. Is there a map? I don't think there's a map either. Um, there's a compass or something. Yeah, there's a compass at the top of the screen, and then that kind of shows you where you need to be. So you just got to follow the compass to get to the areas where you need to be. I don't think there's a map, so to speak. No, no, uh, not from what I've seen so far. No. Um. So yeah, I've I've stolen some stuff from this encampment, like some arrows and a um, shield, and I'm just trying to find the rest of the armor that I need to try and escape. Um, but mm. so far it's quite good. The story is quite compelling. Um, I think it's going to be like a rags to riches redemption story, um, which is never, never bad. So it's good. But yeah, I'll continue playing that. Um, I've been continuing playing Ori in the Will of the Wisps. Um, still an amazing game. Um, I'm a bit stuck though. Um, so at the minute I, I refuse to watch a walkthrough. I'm, I've said to myself, I'm not going to do it. Not this time. Um, so I'm well. I'm a bit stuck at the moment, but I'll I'll eventually get through to the next bit that I need to be on. But I'm about three or four hours into that one so far. So mm. um, another game that I've played, uh, been playing, uh, one that um, Mark really likes and he's waxed lyrical about is Tony Hawk Pro Skater hey. One and Two. Finally got this one. And um, so this was actually um, my one of my birthday presents and I played it this morning. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I like, um, well, I went straight on to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 because that was my like first one and the one that I'm more nostalgic for. Um, yeah. Going into that first level, um, like the hangar, um, they've just recreated it so beautifully. It's like if subsequently I have played the original couple of games. So, it didn't really blow me away as much because I didn't have that time in between not playing it and playing this game. But if I had not played this game for about 18 years or so, or however long it's been since you would have played it, 
I'd have been absolutely blown away because they've they've got the same music. I mean, they've got newer tracks as well, which I think mix in well with the um, ambiance of playing the game. Mm. Um, but they they recreated it so faithfully, and they brought the graphics up. And the um, w- one funny thing that happened is, do you know when you grind across the helicopter and it kind of smashes out and opens up that snowy bit? Um, mm. As it was trying to fly away, I jumped through it and saw a bit of the innards of the helicopter. That was pretty weird. Um <laughs> What I have found on this game, though, is that um, when you fall over, you really you feel it a lot more. I don't know if you'd concur, but when you hit the ground, it just feels like it's got so much more weight to it than it used to. But you get up quicker. Well. Oh, yeah, definitely, because it's just that rewind thing, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. But, yeah, really enjoying it so far. I've only played a couple of, well, about three rounds of it. But, yeah, it's the controls are still as tight as they ever were. Um, and it's Still a really fun game, so yeah, be playing that. And the last one is this is a bit of a blast from the past is Devilish Brain Training. Oh, wow! So, okay. <laughs> um, I'm sure quite a few of you will have played Dr. Kawashima's Brain Training on the DS back in the day, maybe. And he had little exercises to help you with your like with your memory and concentration. And it's uh, it's pretty much a continuation of that. So it's a group of mini games to help you with your concentration and um, use of your short-term memory. So, for example, there's a game, and it comes up with like a list of uh, maths questions. Pretty simple, like um, 8 plus 2, um, well, obviously equals 10. Um, but then you've got to remember that answer and it'll come up with the next question. So you've got to answer the last one that was up next. So it's like kind of one step. Um, and then you, eventually as you go to the levels, you've got like two steps. So you've got to remember the answer from two questions ago. And then you go mm. so on and so forth. So it can get quite challenging because um, it, it'll, it'll go up in steps, but then it'll go up in speed as well. So you get to answer them a bit quicker. So when I first did that test, um, it told me I got the brain of a 70-year-old. Now, I don't know what to think, think about that. I think that's pretty bad. I think 80 is the maximum age um, that you can get. So <clears throat> and I wasn't quite that bad. And then they get, it gave me an F for my um, effort. <laughs> um, and there's all sorts of other like, little mini games as well that you can play. Um, so it'll come up with like a um, – it'll say the colour is a word – but you've got to um, say the colour that it is. So the word will be, it'll have, so it'll it'll come up with like the word black, spelt black, but it'll actually be in yellow. So it kind of yeah. tries to give you, throw your brain off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just like loads of little, little fun games like that. And it really took me back. Um, so I've been playing that a few days. So every, every time you play it, you log in, you stamp it, and they do your little tasks for the day. Uh, it's only about five to ten minutes, but it's, it keeps you sharp. Well, hopefully it keeps you sharp. Um, yeah, I'd be really enjoying it. Um, it's pretty good as well because, like, when when you when you do it throughout the days, like the more stamps you get, you start unlocking like other little mini games to do as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So there's like there's an incentive to always log on every day doing this test, and then I always loved doing the Sudoku on it though. <laughs> that's all yeah. I used to play before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. Um, 
yeah, the only other games that I've been playing the last couple of weeks has been pretty much been with you guys. So we had a we had a nice game of prop hunt on World War Two um, a couple of weeks ago. So that were really fun. Um, FIFA as always. Um, we didn't get totally demolished other than that one game, but so that that just showed us how much we need Mark in the group. Um, and I think that's about it. I think we played a little bit of. Did we play a bit of Red Dead? I think we might have in between there. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that's about it. Um, the only other thing that I've got is I've bought this game called Deliver Us to the Moon. Ah. Um, so yeah, this that's has been a horror game, isn't it? I'm not sure. Um, looking at this space person's visor, it does look very horrifying. Look at the back. This doesn't. Looks a bit. <laughs> I might see a let's play a bit. Mm. It looks bizarre. Yeah, because it's like set in an apocalyptic future where Earth's resources have gone really scarce. Um, so we've got to try and get them from the moon. Um, but yeah, I've act- I actually only got this yesterday, so I'm definitely going to play it. Otherwise, I'll have failed my resolution already. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to playing that. I'm sure I'll be talking about it very soon. So, what about you, Mark? Well, I can't say I've played anything new. It's just things that I've previously played and I've just jumped back on for some reasons. <laughs> Don't know why. Uh, I carried on with my Skyrim thing that I started recently. The Whiskers of Middlefart and his adventures around Skyrim. Yep. I show you. Uh, uh, I saw you chop somebody's head off and put that on Instagram yep. on Joking yep. Dolphin. That's good. The crossblade. Amazing. <laughs> but I've still not advanced in the actual story on that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> still the side, side missions. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's good. Uh, I don't know why, but for some reason I jumped on Call of Duty Warzone. Ah. Ooh. Now, because I've not played it in so long, it inevitably came up with a, some random cutscene at the very beginning that I didn't have any idea what was going on. There were some <laughs> new, sort of pop-ups on the menu just telling me, oh, the new, new flashy things happening. It's like, don't care. So I got into a game, and I dropped into near a train Yard or station or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I know what you And so I was in there, uh, just walking down an alley. So, well, I went into a building, got a gun, walking down an alley outside, and I hear a guy running down another alley towards me. He's like, right, I'll, right, I'll just stay here and just wait for him. Uh, he runs out, I start peppering him, he gets three shots on me. Guess who dies? <laughs> it's not him, is it? <laughs> And that just reminded me why I just like Battle Royale games. So I just switched that back off and just like didn't go back on it. Just <laughs> not for, they're just not for me. They're just That's really enough. Well, another game that I jumped on that it's a lot of times it's played, which is really good, uh, was Hotline Miami. Oh, yeah. So if you don't know what Hotline Miami is, it's basically it's a, a very fast-paced action, top-down. Think of it like the original GTA game. It's mm. like top-down animated. And basically, all you, what you're going to do is you're going to... You're playing as a bloke who's maybe been manipulated somehow, possibly. And he's got to go into, like, gang hideouts and just wipe everyone out, basically. Mm. Well, it's, it's quite difficult, that I can't remember. But it's 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 not a game that... Because normally I'd be like, oh, this is too difficult for me, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> but I, Stop I've got to like, like me. Yeah, I've gone to, like, the fourth or fifth level where dogs have appeared. Mm. And it's... I'm, I'm struggling, but I don't want to quit. I do want to carry on. 
But you have to do, you have to like do everything you want, don't you? It's like you have to clear out the entire level. Yeah, it's almost like you do everything in kind of one motion sort of thing. Like you yeah. don't stop in a weird way. I've I've seen playthroughs of it. It's um, it looks it it does look good. I don't know. It is good, but it's like you have to be accurate for everything in, in like a level. Mm. It's like you can't you can't mess up any bit of it. And it's like the enemies are really quick. And they can mm. shoot you from long range. It's like because they can run at the same speed as you do. Yeah. So it's like because the camera doesn't show that far ahead because it's top down. You never know, quite know what's up. So you might be going down a corridor, and then suddenly there's a person at the end of the corridor who just chases you down the corridor. <laughs> it's like ah, and then you leg at it, and then a dog comes out and takes you out as well. It's like instant death. But it's good. But it's, it's, it is one of those games that like, that's a case of, oh, just give it one more go. Because it's very quick to restart. Yeah. As soon as you die, that's it. You can get, you can restart it almost immediately. <clears throat> uh, that's good. Violent, but very good. I do like that. But I'd like to get back onto that. Another game, the uh, final game, that I've only played really on mobile. Now, I don't really play a lot of mobile games. But I really love this game. And I discovered you can get it on console now. Well, I knew you could get it on Switch. But I found last night that you could get it on the PS4, which surprised me. Uh, now, I've, I've mentioned this game to you too. And that's Pocket League Story. Hmm. Oh, so, yeah. So, Pocket League Story is a pixel animated uh, football simulation game. Well, football management simulation game. So, you take charge of this little group of players and you have to run the club. So, you choose all the tactics, formations, you buy players, etc. And you you upgrade their training ground, etc. Mm. Now this is from a company called Kyrosoft, and they've done a, a bunch of different. They seem to do a lot of these pixel art management sims. Yeah, uh, I like. Which um, I, I do want to try them, but yeah. this is the only one I've really got into. Uh, you but I do you want should to try the which one is it? The game dev one that they've done. Well, yes, like, game, like create... game dev story, isn't it? Yeah, that one's good. I enjoyed that one. Well, pocket league stories made. I only discovered this last night about eleven o'clock that it was available. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just have five minutes on it. Uh, before I knew it, it was half past one. And I'm yeah, still yeah. playing it. Longest five minutes ever. <laughs> like, just, just one more match. Just one more match. It's, it's That's really how it always goes. Upgrade that training ground. Just once. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a really good game. It's, it's I think it's because it's, just, you know, I love simulation games, but yeah. One simulation game that I've never really managed to actually get into that much is Football Manager. Because mm. I think it's so overly complex. It's too much of a simulation, if you ask me. It just takes too long. You have to simulate all these like nonsense bits before you actually get to a game. And it's just, ugh, I just don't care. There's too much going on. <laughs> Whereas this is just like, pick your team. You, you, pick, you, you jump into a league or a cup match. You pick your team. You do your stuff. Upgrade your facilities. Uh, train your players. That's it. That's that's all you really need to do. It's it's so simple, and it's just very addictive. I could I could carry on playing that for for days. I could lose hours on that without even realizing what I did last night. But, <laughs> but I noticed they had the a lot of the others Microsoft games turned up on it as well. So it's like I know what I'm going to be buying. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I've been playing. So we're going to the video game hall of fame. Let's do it. Let's go. So, this is where we take an in-depth look at the game of high-quality historical importance and induct it into our Panther games. We feel it deserves special recognition. 
I would like to see this episode was first released in 1991 in the arcades. Developed and published by Capcom, it's Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior. But but which one? Street Fighter 2? Street Fighter 2 Turbo? This is oh, the one thing. Street, Street Fighter 2 Super? This is the one. <laughs> No, Super Street Fighter 2, get it right. This is where all <laughs> I'm this... sorry. Is. As far as I'm concerned, the only Street Fighter that exists is the one that was in the arcade. Yeah, the real one. The arcade. Well, life. the real uh, one of the each individual iteration. <laughs> the OG Street Fighter 2. Oh, yeah. Still not right, let's get this out of the way. Who was your favourite character? Well, I don't think I had a favourite one, but I think Ryu was probably the one I played most of. Yeah. Not for any particular reason, just... Just was. I've, I've, I've got a favourite one. You've got yeah. a favourite one? It's yours. Yeah. Uh, right, it's going to be... It's going to be Zangief or something like that. <laughs> no, it's going to be Blanca. Oh, that that's cute. Um, it's it's Dalsim. Ah, the guy with the extender yeah, yeah, that's it. He, he was my favourite, because you could just sit back, just bow, 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 kick in. We're not actually explain what the game is if you don't know. It's a, yeah. Basically, what it's, is a fight, it's a beatable fighting <laughs> game. You can, there's eight, it's eight characters in it. Mm-hmm. Don't like a animated style, very popular. And you had like, was it four secret characters, four secret bosses? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go along with your eight, and then it came just before time of Mortal Kombat, didn't it? Which we've previously spoken about. Mm-hmm. So this is yeah. probably the one which probably kicked off the. The revolution of, I guess, of beat-em-ups. The fighting genre. Mm. The granddaddy. So, do you remember first playing Street Fighter 2? Yeah. Um, I, well, I never had a SNES growing up, so I didn't play it when I was young. I, I only played it when I was a bit older. Um, I can remember going to an arcade in Blackpool in the... I, I always used to go to Blackpool for all these arcade games. But anyway... <laughs> Um, it was in the, the mid-2000s, I'd say like 2005, 2006. Um, there, was a, um, there was an arcade cabinet with Street Fighter 2 on. Not quite sure which variant it was, but that was the first time I tried to play it. Um, obviously, the first character I used was Ryu. Um, and I think I got to like the second stage before getting my ass kicked. Um, and I'll be honest, I can't get too much further now. I think I can probably get past stage three and then it gets a bit too <laughs> difficult for me um really? I'm, yeah, same, for, same for me really i'm not very good it's at fighting games i i normally just button mash and that's it i don't learn any of the like combo moves um in I'm, arcades that seemed to be the tactic for a lot of people yeah that was definitely my tactic it was like, <laughs> just like that was so overused so yeah overused. <laughs> cheap cheap should be removed from the game though <laughs> Does anybody know how many arcade cabinets um, were sold for Street Fighter 2 in all of the variations? All the variations. Mm. Not an exact number, but around. Three million. No, sure, it's more than three million. You gotta think, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like 100 million. You've got to lower your expectations. You've got to remember this was the early 90s when gaming wasn't as big as it is now. You said all the iterations. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well... It was it was more than two hundred thousand arcade cabinets that were sold. That seems really low. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was high all the time. <laughs> right, it is another one. Right, so for the SNES, again, all versions of Street Fighter Two. How many cartridges were sold? Five hundred thousand. Five million. Six point three million. 
So um, Mag got closer. So it was a lot bigger yeah, on was, the console well, than it was in the arcade. It was the SNES. There was a lot of SNES. Yeah. Because I think uh, Street Fighter 2 was absolutely massive in Japan. Um, oh, yeah. I think it was massive in the United States as well because it was just, yeah. just something completely new, wasn't it? I don't think there was... Trying to think like what fighting games were out kind of before Street Fighter Two, and I can't think of many. Street like, Fighter One. <laughs> well, yeah, the original Street Fighter, I suppose. But. I mean, it was more classic beat 'em up style games like Double Dragon and Streets yeah. of Rage, that like, kind like, of like style. side-scrolling kind of things. So. Yeah, well, that's well, that's... It. That, I would say that I would say there are those types of games are beat 'em ups, whereas stuff like Street Fighter. And, Mortal Kombat are fighting, fighting game. games. Yeah. Because you're fighting one person. Whereas, But yeah, that's, that's quite a lot on snares. Go on. What was your first experience, uh, Matt? My first So my, uh, my very kind of earliest memory of Street Fighter 2, not actually playing it, but watching it. Um, I used to love watching um, my brother play uh, Street Fighter 2 all the time. Um, <laughs> a funny story. Uh, one night he was babysitting me. I, I forgot how old I was. I must be like six or seven. I was, I was watching playing Street Fighter, and uh, he'd always he'd always get to the one stage with Vega um, that is like is is a hellish fight. If you've if you've ever fought Vega, he's ridiculous. He's he moves quick. He uses the cage at the back to climb out of like yeah. Climb out the fight and then jump back in and swipe you from above. And uh, I remember having this like yellow plastic chair that was that was sign watching him. Um, and I was stood up at the time watching fight. And then he'd lost. And he literally picked up a chair and like threw it across the living room. <laughs> and he... I think you told that story in the first podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I probably think you have. Did, yeah, yeah. That's like the, that was the, the rage quit one. Pretty sure, yeah. yeah, the rage quit one for me. But it's. Uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just a, I just always remember it. I always associate that with, like, Street Fighter 2, but... Yes, that's your uh, overriding memory of Street Fighter That's my yeah. <laughs> I mean, playing... Yellow chair getting launched across yeah. living room. Like, if actual playing it, I, I thought I was, I was all right. I, I would, I would always regularly get to at least sort of the, you know, the last four bosses. And I would always play Ken, like... Ken was my favorite character, um, just because it was like, oh, he's Ryu, but he kind of looks like me because he's got blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've got like an an English version of Ryu playing. Uh, <laughs> plus, is it just me who thought Ken and Rio was just a bit of a cop out? They just seem to be like pretty much the same character. Mm. Just looked a bit different. They were. Um, Did they have any different moves at all? I don't think so. I'm trying to think. I, I don't I don't know whether the original Street Fighter 2 changed them up much. I know kind of iterations later on. Those sort of changes of like um I think Ryu's uh Shoryuken was a little powerful. Uh Ken's um Senpak uh spinning kick would last longer. Uh I think Ken moved slightly quicker than Ryu as well. But they weren't masked until you get later on where like negligible yeah negligible changes until you go into later on street fires where they do really kind of change the styles up a little bit more noticeable um i don't think there was that much difference because ken was in the original street fire as well but you never got to play him he was always player two you always played as ryu in the, in the original street fire 
I don't think there's that much difference. But I mean, all the other characters were wildly different to those two. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, um, what I liked about that is that all I think every character in it played up to the stereotype of the country they were supposed <laughs> yeah. to represent. Although I'm a bit confused about Blanca. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not quite sure who was supposed to stereotype this that what Brazilians are like. <laughs> Confused. Yeah. No, but most certainly on Sangif, the Russian yeah, the massive big, dude. Really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the hair everywhere. Uh. <laughs> guy will be American Arms Forces guy. Because like the, oh, the always back, the, back, uh, the backgrounds, they sort of like represented. Yeah. Things as well, weren't it? Yeah, so we're like we, with uh, Guile, he had like the US forces base behind his. Um, yeah, he had like a fighter jet behind him and that kind of thing. Yeah, I like. I liked. I think my favorite stage is when they had some interactive within them a little bit. So like you know with Guiles, like at both ends they've got this like crate where if you like. Yeah, you can kick him into that into and destroy it, like destroy the crate. Mm. That was kind of cool. Um, I just thought the 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 strangest character that I fought against was E Honda. I mean the weird with the weird arm thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Like, it was always the worst to fight if you like Ryu or Ken. Because he always he could he could block the fireballs as well just doing that because he just knock him out. It's like now I've got to try and somehow <laughs> get to you with your massive arms. Do you know what the E stands for in E Honda? Is that what his first name is? Enzo? Nope. Japanese it's not gonna be a Japanese name is it? It's gonna be Ian. <laughs> Ian? What, the game with E? E? Oh. <laughs> no, I can't think of it. Edmund. Edmund. Edmund Honda. <laughs> Never would have got that in a million years. How Japanese is that? Yeah. Mm. Actually, he might have been my favourite character, actually. I thought I liked, Honda. Quite you, I liked, was, I liked oh. his stage as well. His stage was nice. Oh, in the... Um... Like a Japanese bathhouse. Yeah, mm. Japanese. It starts with like the women running out, don't they? <laughs> and then it's got like um, a picture of Mount Fuji in the background. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. I always liked that. Was it? Wasn't that one where like if he wins, like there's um like a Japanese guy gets paired on it or something? Doing yeah, like it's a bit. animated. Yeah, showing some. Yeah, it's like oh. <laughs> I watched a um a long play of it earlier. Oh. Some guy just played the entire game and did it perfect in every round, including the bonus stages. Wow. Those bonus stages were really fun as well. I liked just being up the car. <laughs> yeah, everyone remembers the car, don't they? Everyone yeah. remembers the car. The barrels were annoying, though. It makes mm. no logical sense, the whole car thing. Just, well, yeah, because that's just... Did that in real life, that's it. Yeah, should be broke. broke. But, and what was the other one? The one with barrels? Yeah, the one with the barrels. So, down. like, they, they roll Actually, from the top left, top right, and then, like, they drop down yeah. you have to hit them. Yeah, you have to smash the wooden barrels. Yeah. There's one in the later stages, isn't there? When you come to doing the bosses, you have to kick flaming barrels that are arranged in like a pyramid formation. Yes, yeah, no, I remember that one. It looks like the easiest one, if you ask me. But... I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe this guy just made it look easier because I was never good enough to reach that stage. So, well, I don't think I barely even reached the first one for the car that much. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking about the bosses, do you know the uh, do you know the names of them all? Can you list them off? Balrog. One of them. Balrog, he's yeah. The bo- he's the boxer who's, as he said, in Las Vegas. Yes, so he's the American boxer, yeah. Uh, there's some guy in Thailand. I know that. Mm-hmm. His name? Can't remember. No, it's all right. Keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll list them off once we 
Finish. Oh, it was M. Bison, of course. Yep, M. Bison, the uh, the final one. Was the three or was Who the was his stage? His stage was in Thailand as well, or was it India? I, I forget because it's got the bell, and I think in the background there's the monk. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like he's got like a, he's around a pagoda or something like that. Sure. Something like that, isn't it? Because uh, his stage is quite interesting as well because uh, at the both ends of them is these like golden statues that if you yes, obviously knock, him, knock them as yeah. well. Interesting fact is due to the um, due to like the technical issues that they had limitations at the time, the, each character was going to have like an introduction at the beginning of the fight. Well, because they were so limited, oh, the, uh, yeah. he only ended up keeping it for Bison, where he had his cape off. Yeah, it comes in with the cape, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Have I missed one out? Yeah. We've done um, Vega. Vega, that's the one. Cool. Vega, yeah. So the one yeah. in my infamous yellow chair story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the I Spanish can't remember, I can't remember the Thai guy. That was Saget. Saget, that's the one. Mm. Yeah, the one with the eye patch. And the scar across his chest that he got from Ryu, actually, from based off the first game, apparently. Because mm. they in the first Street Fighter, the 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 final boss is Saga. And it's meant to imply that he Ryu like gets. What was it? I'm trying to remember the actual story. It's really nothing to do with Street Fighter Two, but it's meant to be like he he goes into this like dark state and gives him like a show you can that like slices his chest. That's where he gets his scar from. Mr. Saget, yeah. So, um, yeah, they were annoying bosses. I think Balrog was like, Balrog was the first one that you'd fight, and he's normally, I'm not going to say easy, but out of the four, he was the easiest. Um, but it can be quite tricky because he loves his, he's got like a dashing uppercut that can really damage you, um, which is always annoying. He telegraphs it though, so if you see it coming, it just, it's quite easy. And then, Vega was the next one, who was the annoying Spanish bullfighter with claw for reasons. Yeah. Um, and the mask. That's actually something I quite quite liked about his design as well, though. That like in the fight, you can actually knock the claw off his hand. So like the moves that we normally do with the claw now has like basically no range. But you can pick it back up. It's a bit like Captain America's Shield and um Super Mar- uh, Marvel Superheroes fighting game. You can like take it off him basically. But it was so annoying because, like, he'd fly from corner to corner, do his little rolls. <laughs> annoying. Um, and once you get past him, it's Saget. And he's just like a brute version of Ryu, basically, with his tiger, tiger ball, tiger flare, something like that. He shoots like tiger. Yeah. Uh, but then he does, like, he does like a standard version and a lower version as well. So you've got to, like, time that. Yeah. And then he's got his all sorts, like his flying knee from across the stage and his tiger uppercut, um, which is annoying as well. It's basically just a tall version of Ryu. <laughs> but annoying. And if you go past him, then it's obviously... Or oh, tall yeah. version of Ken. Or tall version of Ken, with no hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously M. Bison's the last one, who was the most annoying, because loved his... Um, I think it was called Psycho Berserker. Well, not Psycho Berserk. Where he, like, spins... With his energy across the screen, yeah, he 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 had a bit of a Vega to him as well because he loves doing the jump and like jumping on your head, and then sometimes he could do another move after that. Or he's got like a sliding knee thing that was annoying, but um, memorable characters. And I mean, once you beat them all, you got like your characters, I suppose finishing little story to it. Yeah, um, and they all had like different ones. Like I think Ryu. Carries on just 
traveling the world to find fire uh, to, yeah, to carry on fighting his people. Victory. He just no, he's just like this is hollow. I I need to fight better people, <laughs> prove myself or something. Nothing like Ken gets married or something. <laughs> to Barbie. Ken, Ken's now about to Barbie. <laughs> Those are the only two I ever completed. I don't know what like the other ones were. Like a Blankers was like a weird one or something. Like I think he just like went into hibernation, maybe. Something. Went back to Brazil. <laughs> what was he supposed to be? Was he actually supposed to be something? Um, I have no idea. His actual story is like is a human that was experimented on by Shadowloo. Uh, so Shadowloo is the organization that M. Bison, Saga, Vega, and Balrog are involved in. Um, and it was some sort of like experiment that goes wrong. Like I think it gets a bit of backstory in the Street Fighter film that is... Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfection. <laughs> yeah. Perfection personified. I think Kali Minogue's best film ever. Debatable. Uh, <laughs> Any many films? Well, that's why I said it. <laughs> I don't know if she's been in other films. Oh, I can't Robert believe they had, um, they had Gomez as M. Bison. That was the best bit. You could see he was loving it, even though he was... Uh, I think at the time of filming, doing the filming, it was actually... That's when he got sick, mm. I think. But you could tell he was enjoying himself. He was in the most oh, campus villain films. <laughs> I think that mean no win, wasn't it? Who was in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? She played Trump. Yeah. Mm. That would, that. that would make sense. Yeah. Well, I love that quote from the film. I have to watch that again. What well, was? Can I, can I remember that quote from the film where she she like she's trying to kill him by summer and she was like, "You killed my father or something." And he was like, "On that day, some like it was tragic for you, but for me, it was another Tuesday or something like that." It's so ridiculous, but it's like, yeah, you can see he's enjoying himself. Yeah. Yeah, it was something to that effect. Yeah. For you, it was the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. That was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> just so, just like, yeah, yeah, okay. It just makes him yeah. more likable. We're not supposed to like you, but oh, we do. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to watch that again. I've, I've got it on um, VHS. Like, uh, I, so. I don't even know what the film's about. It's really just something about uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme being himself. Being up a, a, a sickly uh, Gomez, <laughs> yes. just flying across the screen. Sean yeah. Van Damme being up Gomez from the Adams family. That's literally. Yeah. And then also, Kylie Minogue makes a cameo. As Cammy. As Cammy, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just um, yeah. One should be those characters. I don't. I don't think in the original Street Fighter you unlocked them. I think it was the later ones, no, the, the Championship Edition. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, obviously. You start unlock them, and then the the other iterations that they did, there's, there's so many. Absolutely so many. Championship, Turbo, which I think I think Turbo was the first one where it, it quickens the, the gameplay. Mm. But I think it's also the first one where, and I could be wrong, but I think it's the first one that introduces different colour schemes for the other characters, so they've all got more than just one colour palette. I could be wrong. It sounds about right. And obviously, you had Super Street Fighter 2, which introduced the four new characters, which was Cammy, Hawk, T Hawk, uh, DJ, and. Didn't know Tony Hawk. Hawk was in this game. Yeah, Tony Hawk was in the game. Uh, it was his first game. Yeah. <laughs> Rode in on skateboard. <laughs> Batter around the head with it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. His facial moves like 
the uh, the finish him. <laughs> oh, wrong franchise. <laughs> Nine hundred just lands on top of him. Nine hundred lands on top of him. That'd be hilarious. But yeah, I mean this this. I mean Street Fighter Two has a massive legacy in the arcades. Obviously, it, I suppose in the US it grew the the fine community really um, from there. I mean, you hear so many stories from like fine professionals now. E-fine, not actual fine. Uh, <laughs> just just Ken Sherrill coming in. You know, I was, uh, I was uh, <laughs> inspired by Zangief. Um, but yeah, it just, it just grew from there, didn't it? Massive. I, I remember when it, this was the same with Mortal Kombat, actually. It's back in the uh, Chapel St. Leonard's arcades that I used to visit. Again, I remember exactly where Street Fighter 2 was. It was on the, the back right wall towards the back. Uh, on like a slanting wall, it was like bang in the middle. So like everyone used to just pile around it when anyone was on it. And I think it was probably the game that it really popularised the like multiplayer in the arcade. I think. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, you'd have like two people going up against each other a lot of times. Very rarely did I see people playing it single. Yeah. A lot of people just like trying to beat each other up, mm. <laughs> one-upmanship and all that. And it used to get some right crowds when I was there. And I used to, I used to like feel sorry for the pe- people who wanted to play the games that were next to them. <laughs> they just have like big crowds around them. All. Yeah, Good nobody times. wants to watch Puyo Puyo or whatever it's you're gonna play. <laughs> Good times. I miss those days. Mm. Maybe one day we'll be, get back to the arcades and have a go. One day, yeah, I'll uh, I'll teach you both how to play. <laughs> oh, thanks, Matt. We'll, we'll, we'll roll hard. <laughs> It's, it's all right. By, you, you, you'll teach you, us by beating us, beating the crap out of us. Yeah, we've got to earn that victory mark. We'll just go off and play something else. <laughs> yeah. Soul Calibur, anyone? Yeah. Well, that's it. You, you, you absolutely dominate me when it comes to like Soul Calibur and uh, Killer Instinct. I think we played Killer Instinct once as well. I've, I've got no clue how to play Killer Instinct. I, I turned to Bone Basham then. <laughs> but yeah, I've um, never been any. Oh, Primal Rage. That's. That's, I'm all right. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was good. I had that on the Mega Drive. Anyway, we're going off topic here. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. So we're talking about all the beat Yeah. Yep. A game for another day. So I was going to mention one one uh, interesting fact about Borog and M. Bison that you might know, you might not know, um, was that in, in Japan, those are actually reversed for their names. So the American boxer in Japan is actually known as M. Bison. And in and then obviously uh, the evil dictator is known as um, Balrog. And the reason why they're switched over in the US or in the European markets as well is that obviously M. Bison uh, is a bit too close of a name to another American boxer that he was influenced oh, by. Oh, yes. Yes, I see. Which obviously was Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, so they had to switch their names around uh, for the US market. So it wasn't, well, I suppose they didn't get in, getting sued for, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, what, what would it be? I think they could have got away with that. Yeah, because it's not his name, is it? Well, no, it's M. Bison, obviously. They could probably argue, well, he's he's an American boxer, and his design was a little little close to M. M Tyson. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Tyson. (laughs) M. Tyson, downloadable character. (laughs) I say, isn't it? It's secret, unlockable. But yeah, they wanted wanted to avoid getting sued for... uh, I don't know what it would be, copyright? It's not quite... 
It's like infringement of someone's. I think they just want to distance character. it as much as possible, just in case anything did come of it. I'd imagine. Yeah. So the M in Bison was originally supposed to stand for Mike. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. That makes sense. Bison. <laughs> but in the West, they've not originally actually addressed it properly. But it has been mentioned that in the Street Fighter Alpha Three, it mentioned that it was Master Bison. Yeah. Retconned it. Retconned it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I think since probably Alpha Three, I think even Japan's like swapped it over now. So it's like, yep, yeah, no, he's he's now M Bison. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus it was in the film, wasn't it? So yeah, no, there's there's the film. <laughs> so it's canon. That's it. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed there was a uh, animated film as well. Oh, there was, yeah. Um, I watched it, but I'd like to do it as well. I watched it. I remember hunting it down as a kid at uh, the VHS for it. It's on YouTube. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's probably Capcom's probably put up. Um, I quite, I quite liked it because it's got. It really kind of delves into like the backstories of um, the characters in there. So like you know, I think I don't think it's the first time he appears, but like for Ryu's story, it's all about uh, controlling the some like the Sean Do Hadu. Hadouk, something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I just butchered it. Um, but it's like basically like the dark arts of like what he studies is what um, the character Akuma embraces. Like he's like the darkened embodiment of what they learn, and right. and it starts to like that's that's what starts kind of taking over him in in um, the original Street Fighter. That's where he kind of gives Saga his uh, receipt and scar. <laughs> Hmm. Um, but it's it's actually a pretty decent film. I do like the story because it's all about Bison wanting to control uh, a new body because his body's starting to fail him due to the powers that he's got, and he tries to take over Ken in a way. So it's an interesting fight between like a dark Ken and Ryu that they end up fighting. Um, but like some of the subplots behind it as well is interesting because you got like Chun Li and Guile are trying to investigate what's going on. Um, Cammy does some sort of US ambassador assassination and suddenly doesn't know why she's doing it because her whole backstory is... Cammy for me, has the most interesting backstory, but it's also the most convoluted one in that she... Back, backstory, that's what you like about Cammy, is it? Backstory. <laughs> yeah, Well. backstory. <laughs> maybe the back. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so like her, her whole thing is Them that she's... Them some nice a, shoulder blades. <laughs> She's actually some sort of clone of M. Bison, and she was actually like, well, made... well, eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Worst she was developed <laughs> for like a new body for him, but like someone rescues her and she ends up getting some sort of amnesia. And... I don't know. It's it's one of my interesting backstories. Like Ken's just like an American. I was rich. I wanted to do what Ray did, and then found out I couldn't do what Ray did, so I'm just gonna now have my own family. <laughs> But, As you do. Uh, yeah, if if I'd employ anyone to, to watch that, uh, oh, I I'm going I'm to give it a watch. It's yeah. free available on YouTube. I'm, I'm totally down for it. Yeah, it's 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 better than the uh, live action one. <laughs> they also made a, an American series out of Street Fighter Two. There's some like Street Fighter Two V, I think it's called. But uh, I'd employ people not to watch them, <laughs> just because. Not very good. Then. No, the animated style is a bit. Yeah. 
and then the story as well is a bit. Yeah. I can. I'm just looking at this now. It had two seasons, 26 episodes. Yeah. The the animation style looks a bit like. Do you remember watching X Men in the 90s or, or early 2000s on Fox Kids? Yeah. It looks a little bit like that in terms of its animation style. It yeah, ran it from 95 to 97, so it's probably about right in terms of the look. Yeah. Yeah, but at least the animated X Men was good. <laughs> And it has, like, the best theme tune out of all animated cones. I'll fight you for whoa, it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Iron Man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No. Just Iron yes. Man sweating with a hammer. It's the most manly thing you've ever seen. What? <laughs> Iron Man sweating with a hammer? Where I can... Yeah. That's the opening to the Iron Man um, cartoon. It's not as good. It's, it's, the theme's not as good. I'll, I, I don't care. Uh... Right, we can fight this out later. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this later. We'll, we'll fight it in Street Fighter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which one? Turbo? No, the latest one, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Remix. Oh, it's getting so complicated now. I, I don't know what any of these What are these words? I think that, that, was the, that was the last one. That was the very last, I think, Street Fighter 2 that was made. And that was... Um, it was a remaster in, in sorts, because it's the... The guys who did the Udon comics recreated the artwork for Super Street Fighter 2. So, and it was out. I think it was out for Xbox 360 and PS3. So, I actually got quite quite good enjoyment out of that because I had a mate that I'd regularly play with. Um, we'd we'd trade wins back and forth. It was uh, I enjoyed it. That one was pretty good. But yeah. it's the very last Street Fighter 2, maybe. Probably not. I'm sure they'll continue it. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Street Fighter 2, the World Warrior, into the Video Game Hall of Fame. Takes its rightful place alongside Mortal Kombat. You know, beat much. So, if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com, where we post blogs on the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter, Joking Dolphin. We're also on YouTube, where we post this very podcast. And until next time, thanks for listening. Ta-ra. See you.